I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Now it's time for a long walk to Cleveland with Rudy Povich. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every morning live on Instagram. That shit sounds pretty good on blow mixed with tequila and wine on an empty stomach. Yeah, thank you guys very much for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland. My name is Rudy Povich. This podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and every day, 9.45 a.m. goes live on Instagram. Today on the show, nostalgia. And boy, oh boy, lots of it. Actually had a little bit of my own last night. Uh, Last night was, thank you guys for coming out too, by the way. It was the Twin Cities Film Fest, their shorts and stand-up evening. So everybody got together down at the offices of uh, Twin Cities Film Fest. We screened a couple of shorts. Some people got up, did some stand-up. Thank you to Danielle and to Kenny and Kelly and Kenny's buddy Jeremy. And uh, there was a few people that listened to the podcast that came out. Glad I could get you guys some tickets. That was fun. It was a really good time. It was, um, man, I don't know. I got got up to uh, West End yesterday, and I just kind of like had this feeling of, I don't know, when you're going in and do something, and I don't get nervous about like getting on stage or anything like that, but I just kind of had this moment because it's sort of like the, I've never had to follow me, (laughs) if that makes sense. Like I've never had to like, they showed my film and then after they showed my film, I had to get up on stage and do 15 minutes of standup. And I never, ever get like nervous about it, but I was like, okay, if these people don't find this short film to be funny, this is going to suck because you are going into this already, you know, um, uh, like a strike against you. They're going to look at that film and go, that wasn't funny. And now we have to watch 15 minutes of this asshole on stage, but not the case. Uh, people laughed. I kind of looked around the room when the big reveal happens in the film and I was like, all right, great. Uh, Danielle, who was there last night, writes, It was so much fun. Thanks again. Now, thank you for coming. I do apologize. I didn't get a chance to chat with you after. Uh, there was a, there was a lot of people that were, you know, striking up conversations and I get that it's, Already 8.30 on a Thursday and people got kids and they got stuff going on and they got to wake up the next morning and everybody split. So, yeah, uh, I apologize that I wasn't there right away uh, to chat with everybody, but it was fun. It was a really nice time. So I'll give a, a little bit of a backstory of what happened yesterday. I'm standing outside of the Twin Cities Film Fest and yesterday they were showing this film called Fulfillment. It was by a filmmaker by the name of Marisa Coughlin. Now, I had never met Marisa Coughlin, and I had sort of recognized the name because I'm like, "Ah, I'm pretty sure that's a Minneapolis filmmaker. Probably we've all met in some circle somewhere, right? So uh, as I'm standing outside the offices, Marissa and her friend and her mom come walking up, and I'm looking at her and I'm like, and uh, Shannon Paul introduces us. I was like, hi, nice to meet you. And as she's walking away, I'm like, I know this woman from somewhere. How do I know her? And she's right in that, like, wheelhouse of, like, that age of, like, maybe she's divorced and has two kids. And, like, maybe we met on a dating app. Or what, did we work on a film? I'm like, I know this woman from somewhere. And I, I cannot put my finger on it. And the whole time, I'm like, you know, I walk into the offices and, like, they got all the nice chairs and the, the big screen set up. And she's kind of standing next to me. And I keep thinking, like... I know this woman. I know I know her from somewhere. I have seen that face many times. And I don't know how I know this woman. 
So they, I just kind of let it go. The evening starts. Shannon Paul introduces everybody. Hey, we got a bunch of films that we're going to show. First film starts, Marissa's show. It starts her film. And the first face I see on there is Farva from Super Troopers. And it dawns on me, holy shit, this is the cop. Marissa is the cop from Super Troopers who goes back and has the... She, she's like on the bad cop's side. But I, I, it's tough. To, I don't want to explain the whole movie because, geez, but it's, it's a classic, man. God, do I love that movie. And I was like, that is how I know her. And I felt so goddamn embarrassed that I totally... Spa- like, how the hell could I have not remembered this? So I, uh, I, uh, I, as her film is playing, I'm standing right behind her. She's sitting in a, uh, she's sitting in a chair and I just sort of like put my hand on her shoulder and I go, oh my God, you're Ursula from Super Troopers. And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, Now, Ursula from Super Troopers has her film screening before mine. In what planet does this happen? I'm like, no, 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 switch this around. Listen, let my shitty little film go first. Put hers on next. Trust me, it'll be way better than whatever I come up with. The film is great. Hers is, it's very funny. It's very thoughtful. It stars Farva from Super Troopers and her. They work in like this Amazon fulfillment center and they're fulfilling packages and it's like this sort of, Will he, won't he ask her out? And I'm like, oh my God, God damn it. Why did, so the whole time I am sitting behind her, I'm like, fuck you idiot. God, you're, God, you're such an idiot. I've seen that movie. I guarantee it's no less than 150 times. No less. In fact, the first thing I said when I got on stage yesterday, I was like, first off, I want to apologize because my shitty little four-minute film should definitely not have played in front of, you know, Marissa's film. That was so, what an idiot. I was like, I can't, I'm so sorry that I, because the whole time I'm looking at you going, I know you. Like, did I scare you off on Bumble? Maybe. Could it have been Hinge? Probably. And then I realized, holy shit, you're Ursula from Super Troopers. I was like, I can't tell you how many times I would go to the bar, take an Uber home, put on Super Troopers, watch the first seven minutes, and then wake up the next morning in all my clothes on the couch. God, I felt like an asshole. Ah, man. Ah, so, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. God, I'm an idiot. Ah, but listen, she's as sweet as pie, and her friends are great. Uh, I met her friend Katie last night, who... Uh, it's also sort of like in the film industry and she's a voiceover. And we happen to have the same agent. Like, didn't I had no idea. I was like, who are you with here in town? And she's like, oh, I'm with Katie Baker and more. I'm like, fucking I'm with Katie Baker and more. What do you know? So, yeah, it was a uh, it was a, <laughs> it was a great night. A lot of uh, a lot of fun stand up. Uh, Shannon Paul and Tiffany Norton are just, you know, two of the sweetest people to ever get a chance to do stand up with. And a room like that can be weird because It's either this is going to be great because it's super intimate and everyone's going to be really into it, or they are going to hate this and have to wonder why they're all sitting in a tiny room with a guy not being funny. And luckily, it went the route of people laughing and having a good time, you know? There was a couple in front of us that were together for 
uh, I don't know, must have been like six, seven years they were talking about. And they were on a date night. They have a they had a couple of kids. And I, you know, with my movie being about having a daughter and then me doing a, you know, the first like 10 minutes of stand up was all about, you know, being a dad and having a kid. They could really relate. And I was like, I'm glad that they were kind of like getting into it and enjoying like what was going on. So, yeah, it was fun. I really uh, I'm really glad that we had an opportunity to all get together last night. And the Twin Cities Film Fest is just like, man, they're the best. I love them. They're so great. Uh, the first joke that I had opened up with was, thank you guys for having me, because uh, this isn't the second time I've actually been a part of the Twin Cities Film Fest. The first time is when my movie, Everyone Goes in the Lake, screened here a couple of years ago. That movie was so expensive to make, I should have just called it Throw All My Money in the Toilet. Because, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. I look back on that one and I'm like, oh, wow, we we spent a lot of dough and got a lot of nowhere. A lot. It is a it's like the name of the, the show, A Long Walk to Cleveland. It's a fucking ton of work for just a little in return. So, yeah. But thank you to everybody who came out last night, man. That 15 minutes up on stage after the film screen was like the best. It felt so good. And thank you to Danielle and to Kelly and to Kenny and to Jeremy and to listeners of the podcast that came out. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I really do appreciate it. Uh, Scooter, OMG, this is hilarious. Yeah. And then last night on the on the drive home. Uh, I had stopped off at the grocery store and I was walking through and my my old roommate, Jesse, from La Crosse, Wisconsin, some people remember him as Super J. I, I was texting, I'm like, dude, I was hanging out with Ursula from Super Troopers tonight. And he's like, holy shit, did she wear the bear costume? I'm like, God damn it! I didn't think of that reference. Fuck. So good. Uh, let's see who has uh, hopped on the live feed here. Say hi to some people. Kenny, what's up, dude? How are you guys? Kenny Madsen. If you guys are in the North Branch area looking to get some ink done, hit up Kenny. Uh, who else is on here? Let's see. Amy. Hi. Nice to see you. Oopty. What's up, buddy? Schmitty. What's happening, buddy? Schmitty, part of our uh, Fantasy League football, which was kind of a clusterfuck this year to get off the ground. Again, it's always a goddamn pain in the ass. I don't know why, but for whatever reason. Merchandise! If you have not picked up any merchandise for A Long Walk to Cleveland, do so now, as you can see on the Instagram live feed, my trusty A Long Walk to Cleveland coffee mug. It makes coffee just a little bit better in the morning. You know. Also, the shot of whiskey you put in there doesn't help either, but, uh, you know, makes it taste better as it goes down. All right. I wanted to talk a little bit about nostalgia, only because last night, as I mentioned... Uh, got to talk about Super Troopers with somebody who's in the goddamn movie. How amazing. Uh, but the thing I saw the other day that sort of took me back is Steve from Blue's Clues. Did you guys see this video popping around? Now, I'm a little too old for Blue's Clues, as most of the people who listen to this are. But my cousins, who we used to hang out with in the summer, were right at that perfect age, man. That perfect age of Blue's Clues. So for them, the 25th anniversary of Blue's Clues is like... It is, this. It, they're all about it, man, for sure. And Steve, if, I'm sure you know the show, is on Nickelodeon. We are looking for Blue's Clues because it's really fun. Lindsay writes, oh my God, Steve made me cry. Wasn't, um, you know, like that part, that big of a part of my childhood because I was already, I mean, Christ, I was already almost, it's 25 years, I was almost 15. But my cousins who were like right in that perfect age, man, that were like, Five, six, seven, we babysit. That's all they watch. So by proxy, 
I had to watch it as well. Danielle, Steve video was so sweet. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, I'm not going to play the full thing. But uh, here was a uh, just a little condensed version of the Blues Clues Steve video that he put out for the 25th anniversary. You remember how when we were younger, we used to um, run around and hang out with Blue and find clues and talk to Mr. Salt and freak out about the mail and do all the fun stuff. And then one day I was like, oh, hey, guess what? Big news. I'm leaving. Uh, this is my brother, Joe. He's your new best friend. And then I got on a bus and I left and we didn't see each other for like a really long time. Can we just talk about that? Great. Because I, I realized that, that that was kind of abrupt. Um, I just kind of got up and went to college. And uh, that was really challenging, by the way, but great because I got to use my mind and take a step at a time. And now I literally am doing many of the things that I wanted to do. And in fact, all the help that you helped me with when we were younger is still helping me today, right now. And that's super cool. I guess I just wanted to say that after all these years, I never forgot you. Ever. And I'm super glad we're still friends. Thanks for listening. You look great, by the way. Whatever it is you're doing, it's working. Yeah, 25 years. And the thing that I was thinking about as I was watching it was when we started seeing that guy on TV, he was... What, maybe 19, 18, 19, something like that? It's funny. Everybody's writing it on the Instagram live. Oh, my God, so sweet. Uh, Dana, yeah, it was, I used to watch it a lot when babysitting. Yeah, I was in the same boat. My cousins watched it constantly, so it was always on. So just by proxy, you know exactly what it's talking about. And this guy gets up, and he does the whole Blue's Clues thing, and then the way he passes it on is like, hey, my little brother Joe is now your new best friend, and I'm going to leave. And then he, like, they literally had him, like, get on a bus, and then off he went. And the dude went off to college. And usually, like, you start hearing rumblings of, you know, you look at, like, the kid who played Anakin Skywalker. It's like, all right, well, you got one movie and then you became a drug addict. But this guy, like, went on and did stuff, you know? Uh, I was uh, just kind of reading about him on Wikipedia. Steve Michael Burns, American actor, musician, producer, director, and television host. Oh, my goodness. This guy is all over the place. Plus, he was nominated for a Daytime Emmy in 2001. So... This guy's got chops, man. He's been around, and he seems like a very sincere, nice guy. And that's what I think we are missing nowadays. People who really, like, have other people's best interests at heart. And as I was watching this, I was thinking about some of the things that we get nostalgic for. You know, the the Star Wars. You know, when you see Mark Hamill, and when you see... Uh, Aris and Ford step out on stage together at Comic-Con. People lose their goddamn minds because it's like, oh my God, you are taking me back to a time when things were fucking awesome. Life was great when we were kids, right? You watch a little Star Wars, you eat a popsicle, you fart and you go to bed. It's a great life. And then you get older and then there's goddamn bills and mortgages and babies and ah, fucking ah. But every once in a while you get that nostalgic. And this passed right before COVID's Uh, right before COVID hit, so early March 2020, I was supposed to go see Incubus on their Make Yourself tour. And that record, I remember standing in line at uh, Toontown in Mankato, just outside of the university. And I loved that record so much because when I bought it, it was sort of like on a whim. I had gotten there and I was, I think I was there to buy a different record. And 
kids are never going to like know what it's like. I bet if you were to go back and talk to people that are like between the ages of maybe like, uh, we'll say like, we'll just say 40 and 55. I bet you could probably find about 15% of those people that have been together for a long time. They met standing in line waiting to get tickets at to whatever concert. They met waiting in line down at early November waiting to go buy that brand new record that came out on a Tuesday night at midnight. And I, I was standing in line to buy a record and I looked up and I'm like, wait, the new Incubus is out today? And the guy behind the counter was like, well, you know, technically they don't want us to release it until next week, but... We got a shipment and we're just sitting on it. So piss on it. We might as well just put it on for sale. Cause at the time, Incubus was not that big, you know, like people knew of them and I really dug science. So I was like, yeah, I'll buy that at record as well. If it's going to sell it for 12 bucks, I'm in. So the guy sells me the record. I bring it home that night. I put it on the first spin. I start going through it. And usually first spins on a record. I'm like, mm, I don't know. This is okay. This is all right. Whatever. But not with this record. And this record, like, really grabs you right away. And then you get to, like, track... Is it, is it eight? Seven? And I heard this riff for the first time. It was like, all right, you guys got me. I think Incubus kind of takes a little bit of heat for these last couple of records, which is too bad because Make Yourself was so good. And the 20th anniversary show was going to be them playing the entire record front to back and then mixing in a bunch of shit off of science. And they weren't going to play any of the new stuff, which I saw Incubus at X Games a couple of years before that. And they played a, a large portion of all the newer stuff, which is fine. I don't mind that Incubus, but my Incubus is like 1996, even go back to like 94, Fungus Among Us, Hot Dancer, and then bump it up to like right after Morning View. Like that's like quintessential Incubus. And the 25th anniversary yesterday was the 24th anniversary of Incubus Science, which is just like mind-blowing at the time. And what's crazy is that when these guys originally came out, when they popped out on OzFest, like they had an album called Fungus Among Us, and then right after that, they get uh, they get OzFest. And OzFest was not their crowd, man. Like, not their crowd. But here's... A certain shade of green from science is like this is just them at their best you know they got rid of like that funky red hot chili pepper sound and kind of found their own but these guys were playing hospice and getting booed off the stage and I'm like what are these idiots doing it's so good so the 24th anniversary is yesterday, which means next year Incubus doing the 25th anniversary. I pray if they, I mean seriously, man, if these guys, if these guys go on the road with this record and play it front to back, if they're doing one show, I don't give a shit where it is. I'm traveling. Like I grew up on this record; it was so good, and it still it holds up so well. Oh. 
Yeah, it's so good. And that 20th anniversary of Make Yourself, 25th anniversary of Science, I feel like this might be the last bastion of nostalgia. Because this is it. There's records that we still loved and we love what, but there's never going to be anything like that. Cause this was like right on the cusp of when things started moving over to singles. And then we are getting inundated with television shows. There was like that, a period where TV was like, Hey dude, uh, we need you guys to produce and you need to make some big numbers in your first year. Cause if not, I mean, there were television shows. I think Ralph Macchio had a show on television for one episode and they pulled it one. That's as much of a chance as you got. Now, there are some, like, diamonds in the rough for, like, you know, the exceptions to the rule when you have things like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They should have canned... Even everybody on that show was like, they should have canned us episode three and never brought it back. But now they're working on season 15. Seinfeld the same way. That should have been one and done. And they just let it breathe like the, the... you know, the networks got out of the way and just went, you guys go ahead and make the stuff. We know you're good at it. We feel like it's going to be a hit one day. Just keep at And they did. And it blossomed. But most of the time, you don't get that opportunity. So when the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia hang it up, which I got a feeling is probably going to be in a few seasons. I mean, we're on season 15. And it's not like those guys, this isn't Dancing with the Stars. They're not doing two seasons a year. This is one season like every four years. So eventually, they're going to hang it up in a couple of seasons, and then we're going to have to wait 25 years for them to come back. And but this, but this, this is it, man. This is a thousand. We're done because everything is singles nowadays. Nobody writes records. It's all just like one song. They put it on iTunes for 99 cents, and then they just back away from it. Nobody's like working to be able to put out that stuff. And a lot of times, what you see is, especially for television shows and people who work on them. They kind of know their deal is, hey, dude, you get one season maybe. And by the end of that season, when you guys are wrapped, you better have another gig lined up. Because if not, dude, they, they're probably more than likely they ain't bringing this one back. So our kids, they're never going to have like a 25th anniversary of, you know, the thing that they loved. It's not like Zach and Cody's Sweet Life or whatever the fuck the name of that stupid show was. And my daughter used to make me watch nonstop. It's not like that shit's going to come back 25 years from now and people are going to be like, oh my God. Like, it's just like, it was just like it never went away. It just makes me think of my childhood. Like, no, there's so much shit. Nobody has a favorite anything. We talked about this the other day. I asked my daughter and her friend, what's your guys' favorite movie? Like, we don't have one. What's your guys' favorite band? We don't have one. So 25 years later, you know, when these kids are like 30, 35, 40, like, they're not going to give a shit about any of this stuff. But the fact that we can still like mm, sink our teeth into it and get excited for it. Like I dig why there's still guys that like go to see Van Halen when they're in their 60s. Because it brings you back to like when you were a kid, you know. I bring up that joke about, you know, listening to like being still involved with all the stuff that you were involved with when you were a kid. Like how it's acceptable to do it as an adult now. Because adults are just big giant kids. That's all we are, you know. Like, we used to make fun of the guy with the T-tops and the Camaro and the mullet listening to Bon Jovi. Like, wow, look at that loser listening to Bon Jovi. All the music he listened to in high school. What a loser. Hope you die, you loser. And now I'm 40 and I still listen to the first Limp Biscuit record. Like, what happened? It's the same. It's all cyclical, man. But I think this next generation, like our kids, 
It's not like my daughter's going to be still listening to the same music that she listened to when she's four. At least I goddamn hope not. Holy shit, I hope not. Because the stuff they're listening to right now, good gracious. And it's not that we're like getting older and just like, no, this music sucks. Like when the Beatles came out and all the parents were like, this is, this is preposterous. How can you listen to this? This is awful music. No, you were wrong about that. That music was timeless. But now that we are parents and we look at our kids and we hear like this music sucks. It sucks. It's so bad. It's awful. It's terrible. Jesus Christ. My uh, my brother-in-law said he tried listening to the new Drake out or new Kanye West album or something. I was like, first of all, I didn't even know that shit was out there. And secondly, I bet it's garbage. It's the whole thing has got to be garbage. Got to be. Steve, my ninth grade daughter keeps bringing music from the '90s, like she's discovering the cure for. Ca- oh, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. That is nice when they go back and they find that older music and they realize that it's like so good. You know. I had friends of mine that we were like in college and they had heard Led Zeppelin for the first time or like didn't realize that Led Zeppelin was a thing. They knew of it or had heard of it, but didn't know what it was, you know, and then they hear cashmere, you know, I don't know. It's the problem is like Puff Daddy has to like be the one to sample that shit. And then they're like, oh, my God, this song's amazing. And then they hear the original. and They're like, that's pretty good. Like, no, no, the original way better, my friend. It was like when Paul McCartney got on stage with uh, Kanye West and Rihanna and everyone was like, oh, my God, who's this old guy up on stage with Kanye West? Wow, his career is really going to take off after this. Good for him. (laughs) You're like, what? That's ridiculous. And I was with my daughter and her friend once. I don't know if I told this story on this podcast, but I was with my daughter and her friend. We were in the car and while we're driving, she is... um, they're listening to Doja Cat, which, I don't know, there's a couple of songs I've listened to. I'm not against all of it, you know, but there's a couple of songs I've listened to and been like, all right, I can dig this. This is all right. And there was one song where the the lyric was like, I'm going to get you up on that table, boy. You know, make you spread my legs or something like that. And I look in the back and the two girls, my daughter and her friend, are looking at each other like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're letting your dad listen to this. Like, Jesus Christ. He's going to be so mad. And I just let it go. And then it got to the next line where it was like, you know, I'm going to let you grab this titty and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of look in the back and they're like, oh, my God, like, what is going on? Like, this is so embarrassing. And the next line was like, I'm going to go down and come up, make you look like I ate watermelon. And I, I slammed my finger into the tape player. That's, see, that's how old I sound now. I slammed my finger into the radio and was like, done. We're not listening to this song anymore. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like, that's so t- I was like, listen, I will let a lot of things go, but I refuse to listen to a song that advocates watermelon. I refuse. There's not a chance. It is the worst of all the melons. Worst of all the melons. The worst. I think we have. As, as I'm like having a moment of deja vu, I'm realizing that we've probably spoken about the watermelon being the worst melon. <laughs> <laughs> on the show. I would imagine so, right? It feels like that is something that we would talk about. All right, let's get into it. It's Friday. Oh, now you're just being crazy. And now, and now one rant for the road. One rant for the road. Shut up, you're drunk. All right, every single Friday, we hop onto a random word generator on the internet, pick a word, and then complain about a random word generator. Today says... Solo. So, a lot of range on Solo. All right. Uh, first off, solo. There's Han, and then there's 
the Red Solo Cup, which... Let's go down the route of Red Solo Cup for a second, because here's the deal. All these pussies that ain't drinking in fields anymore don't know what it's like to have to preserve the Red Solo Cup. You got to the keg party, you found the gal with the giant stack of cups, you gave her five bucks, she gave you the cup. That was it. You you met, fucked up that cup, you had to pay another five bucks. And five bucks when you are 17 years old, that is a hot ticket item. You ain't coming across five bucks. But I did definitely go out and um, into a lot of keg parties. And that red solo cup was like, that was the thing. When you saw somebody with that red solo cup in that hand, you were like, ooh, this is going to be a fun night. This is where it's at. And these kids nowadays are never going to know the value of a $5 red solo cup. Everybody bringing their goddamn aluminum cups out to the keg party. Everybody with their water bottles. It's bullshit. Keep that aluminum cup at home. You lose that aluminum cup and you're paying another 12, 15 bucks. The red solo cup, five bucks. That's it. And plus, you can throw away the evidence. It's not like mom's going to take that aluminum cup, sniff the inside, and realize there was a bunch of Bud Light in there the night before. Shit, no. Solo cups go in the garbage. That's where it's at. The red solo cup. Think of how many roofies have gone through a red solo cup. Think of how many good times have been through a red solo cup. Think of how many times people have smuggled booze into parties using that red solo cup. How many parents have walked around on a Halloween with the red Solo cup with a drink in it? You can't walk around with a bottle or something with a label. You're going to get popped. The red Solo cup is where it's at. And I don't like that all these kids, I'm all for the goddamn environment. But there's something about that. The, the If anything, make the red Solo cup one of those aluminum cups and I'll buy it. I'm in. Because now I'm 40 and I don't give a shit if somebody smells my Bud Light in that cup. But I'm telling you right now, uh, Steve, Toby Keith song, Red Solo Cup. Uh, it's good. I, I don't think I like the, the novelty of it. I know what you're talking about. And I think I'm glad that he kind of goes down that route about like Red, what is it? Red Solo Cup. I'll drink you up. Something, something, something. God damn it. Now we got to play it. But I don't, uh, I don't like that these kids, nobody's going out to, also, parents are goddamn being way too cool. Parents are way too cool with that stuff nowadays, man. Remember when you used to have to, like, hide all that? Nah, shit, no. Parents are just like, listen, if you're going to drink, drink in the basement. Which our parents used to tell us that, too. But then we tried to drink in the basement, and they get pissed at us. It was like, well, which isn't here, everybody? You can't have it both ways. Is this a song? Yeah, this has got to be it. Look at that. See, there's a keg in the bathtub. Oh, look at that. Big keg party in a hallway. Everybody with a red solo cup. Yeah. All right, let's read a couple of uh, read a couple of comments here. Steve, red solo cups have the lines on them now for how to make your mixed drinks. Yes, did not realize that that was the case, but it is definitely a... Um, holy shit, there's red solo cup. They're like in a sea of red solo cups. I guess I've never watched this video before. Huh. It's actually a little bit better than what I thought it was. Steve, I think you've changed my mind about the song Red Solo Cup. Probably not on Toby Keith. Can't really handle the songs about putting boots in asses, but I'll watch this. This is all right. It seems okay. Uh, let's see. Why isn't there a Red Solo Cup emoji yet, Mel? 
Why is it there? That bullshit party emoji with the fucking confetti? Bullshit. The red solo cup. All you gotta do is send that. People know it's a party. Don't send that shit to anybody under the age of like 32. They don't know what you're talking about. But I'm telling you right now, get that emoji rolling. God damn it. Steve Jobs, is he still alive? Which one am I talking about? Who's the, who's the guy from Apple now? Mike something? Jim? Just call Jim at Apple. Jim at Apple. Hey, Jim, we need a red solo cup emoji. Put in a word. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Sure, let's have a party. Fuck yeah, I'm totally in. Let's do it. Uh, RJ, best cup ever. Yeah, man. I feel like we've missed out. These kids are missing out. No nostalgia. No red solo cup parties. That shit's... Dude, my stepbrother is like big like thing that he did as a senior in high school. Had an ice cream social. Now, for how adorable that sounds, <clears throat> as an 18-year-old male... It, dude... Get a keg of Bud Light, throw that shit in a, one of them tubs, the, the blue plastic tubs, fill it with ice, sell them for five bucks a piece. That was a party. My, one of my stepbrothers threw this big, I don't need to get into the whole story, it's kind of a longer story, but they threw this big ass party, and huge party. Got in some massive trouble, they got busted, and when my mom caught my stepbrother having this party, they my stepbrother asked, like, how did... How did you know that we were out here partying? Like, how did you know that we were going to be out here doing this with a keg and like a hundred people all out in the woods? Like, how did you know? And my mom said, well, it's because, you know, I, I raised my son. <laughs> he put me through a bunch of shit and it made me smart. So now when people are trying to like pull one over on me, I know that it's BS. So I knew when I came out here and there was six of you just sitting outside around a fire with no booze on a Saturday night, and we went back into the house, back into town, and I realized something was up. I was like, we need to drive back out to the land. And as soon as we got there, there was 200 kids and 57 cars all lined up and down the driveway. She's like, I knew something was up. And I was like, you know, I, I'm, I applaud that type of behavior. I don't applaud the underage drinking, but I do applaud kids that like throw down a little bit, you know, make a little ruckus, have a little fun. Because Jesus Christ. Yes, do people make mistakes and bad shit happens every once in a while? But all the good stories that come of it? Man, I pray to God my daughter never does any of that. I want my... Dude, if you could have a kid who, like, has red solo cup parties or one who throws ice cream socials, which one would you take? You know? <clears throat> Most parents would probably say ice cream social. But... To have a kid that, like, does a bunch of these wild-ass keg parties out in the woods where you're burning pallets and then get away with it on top of it? I don't know. Makes for viable good kids. Makes for kids that can improvise. Cops show up, what do you do? You throw the cup, you run. You figure it out. That stuff doesn't exist nowadays, man. Does not exist. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, and every single day, 9.45 a.m., we go live on Instagram. It's at Rudy underscore Povich again. Thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate it and love it every single time we all get together and take a long walk to Cleveland. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.